0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. I'm so excited to be joined by author Danielle Jackson, whose most recent novel, Accidentally in Love, is currently out. And you could hear us chat about that book um, a few episodes back. Um, And so Danielle reached out um, and wanted to read a Beverly Jenkins novel, which I'm always down for. And she chose to read Nighthawk, So welcome, Danielle. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having me back so soon. Also, I feel very (laughs) honored that I get to come back like within the same season. This is very exciting. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, I'd love to hear, you know, because we chatted a little bit about Beverly Jenkins on your episode. And you what made you choose this book in particular? Because you kind of messaged me out of the blue and you said, I got it and i want yeah i mean because we
1: i think i think briefly on my episode we were like oh you should you know you're like come back we'll talk about uh, beverly Jenkins." and i was like i know exactly which one it's very selfish i knew i had this book (laughs) um (laughs) and i hadn't read it and i just i had bought it i think i bought this at love sweet arrow the romance bookstore Mm -hmm. outside of chicago and I but I just hadn't read it yet. And so I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to finally like sit down and read it because I think we all have out of control TBR lists. And it's always nice when you can kind of have a reason to sit down and read one. So yeah, that's really why I picked this one. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, I was so excited once I started reading it because the last Beverly Jenkins I had read was The Taming of Jessie Rose for the podcast. Mm -hmm. But that was like, and it feels like years ago. I'm so bad at time now. <laughs> but it was back when we had Clayton. So it was a little while ago. Yeah. And so he was a character from that book. So I'm like, here we are. I'm reading the next yeah. one. Which I feel awesome. like it doesn't happen because of this podcast sometimes. It's like I'll read the first book in a series and I'll be like, oh, I want to keep going. But then, like you said, the TBR is growing over mm-hmm. here. Um, so I'm so happy to come back to it. Um, we both, when you mentioned this book, I knew nothing about it, but I knew the cover because this cover, talk about a cover. I'll put it up here. And yeah, Uh. yeah, so let's (laughs) let's judge this cover.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's great. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful black man doing that great romance thing where his shirt is open, but it's still tucked in. Uh the abs are fully on display. Yeah. Like this is an ab cover. Uh and it's he's it's the night sky. He's wearing all black. Also, these are the lowest jeans I've ever seen a man wear. Um, and they're oh, somehow yeah. still pulled up. I mean <laughs> it's and, his gun uh, belt, is it? He's
0: just like real low on his <laughs> hips, but it's keeping his pants yeah. up, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I I what I really love is he's like looking off into the distance. But the way the cover is set up, he is looking exactly where Beverly Jenkins' name is. So, (laughs) like, he is admiring Beverly Jenkins. We are admiring him. It's great. It's really, I just, I think this is just, like, a a quintessential, like, cowboy romance cover.
0: Yeah. And Beverly Jenkins, especially her historicals, her covers are all, like, absolutely fantastic. And this is, like, does what a cover was supposed to do, where... This book was burned into my memory as the cover and mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't tell you nothing about what it was about or anything else but I'm just like I know Nighthawk has a great cover yeah. and therefore I'm assuming it's a great book. You're not supposed to do that judging but
1: <laughs> but also then when you do read like the back cover and you find out he's a bounty hunter, yeah, the hardened bounty hunter. He. it's like well of course yes yeah this man is a bounty hunter of course he
0: is (laughs) right and you mentioned right before we started recording that you're not like as into cowboy romances in general which I chat a little bit more about but Mm -hmm. he's not a cowboy he's he's had a million jobs (laughs) has had a million names that somehow I was able to keep track of but wasn't easy um right something that I loved about him as a character too. So I feel like something that romance does sometimes is they'll be like, this person is a self-made man and he created this Mm -hmm. and he came up from the gutter and he's 27 and you're like, okay, that's a lot to do. Yeah. (laughs) In that amount of time. And I like because this man has lived a million lives. He's gone back and forth to Scotland. He's got a law degree. He's been an outlaw. He's been a bounty hunter. (laughs) <laughs> all of it and he's 38 which i'm like i believe that a 38 could have lived that life but had he been like 28 i would have been like okay this seems like too much
1: a hundred percent i i love that you brought that up because that was definitely something i wrote down like at the point when they do talk about his age like and it's very brief you know i don't yeah. remember if it was like year like he mentions the year he was such and such age or whatever but yeah when I figured out he was 38 I was like yes he has lived this life he has seen some things he knows what's going on so yeah, yeah. that's great He's also but yeah a like yeah oh yeah right there's so much in this book I was thinking about this because this is a mass market. I have the mass market paperback and I'm gonna look including the author's note it's 371 pages. So, like, if this book were a trade paper or a hardcover, mm-hmm. it would not be that long, really. Like, I, I don't know the exact, like, ratio and how it all changes. But, like, I feel like so much happens in a, not a short book, but not, a, like, a tome of a book, you know? And I, I really admire that. I think that that is a testament to Miss Bev's storytelling.
0: <laughs> oh, Yeah. Right. Well, before we get into kind of talking about the book, let's do, yeah. would you be able to let us know what the book is about? Just like a brief <laughs> overview. If
1: it's oh possible,
0: which if might not possible. be
1: possible. I know. <laughs> okay. So Nighthawk is about a man whose birth name is Ian, but he goes by many names. Uh, yeah. But Ian Vance is a half Scottish, half black man who former outlaw but like you said also has a law degree that he got in (laughs) scotland and but he is currently a bounty hunter and u.s marshal uh and he is trying to get home to wyoming he's kind of ready to leave like his kind of wild days behind him or his bounty hunting days behind him he's trying to get home to wyoming he runs into a sheriff who is transporting a woman named maggie who has been charged with murder, which is technically true, but the man she ended up accidentally killing was a terrible human. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but she needs to be transported to a different jail. And because he's a U.S. Marshal, Ian is kind of tasked with taking her there because the other sheriff has to deal with something else in their small, like Midwestern, almost the Wild West town. And they go on a bit of a road trip across the middle of the country, run into a lot of people that they both kind of know. And (laughs) uh, a lot happens, and I'm sure we'll get into, but um, eventually, you know, they're trying to get to their final destination where she'll be handed over to a different jail. But that, of course, does not happen because a lot of other stuff happens. (laughs) It's like, I'm thinking, I, I keep like stumbling because I'm thinking about all of the steps it takes to get where yeah. they're going. And I was like, but then the goal kind of changes halfway through, but then it goes back to the original goal of getting her to the sheriff and all of these things. So I think that's where I want to leave it though.
0: Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, because she, there's like a lynch mob after her. That's the mm-hmm. father and the brothers of the guy that she killed yes and so the sheriff has to take care of those guys and that's why maggie goes with ian vance preacher Mm nighthawk vance bigelow however you want to (laughs) (laughs) um what are your kind of like top line thoughts because so i for some reason had thought that you had already read this book and were rereading but this was your first
1: time through this was Mm-hmm. This was my first time reading Nighthawk and I really liked it. I also like so this book was published in 2011, which both seems very recent but also like a million years ago mm-hmm. um and what I love about Beverly Jenkins's writing is that her books feel like old school romances to me like they're really big in scope but the I feel like the storytelling is very straightforward like, when something is set on page, that is what it is. And you kind of go with it, like no matter what. And I really Mm -hmm. love that, um, that you kind of, you take it at face value, but then also like, there are some absolutely beautiful descriptions of like everything, like the way she describes people, the, her sex scenes are very beautifully described, I think. Um, yeah, just, I knew I wanted, I was, I was definitely glad to, like I said earlier, like have a reason to read this book because I think it showcases kind of not quite so early on in her career, but kind of like at the midpoint I think of, and leading up to like where we are now, but like you really get to see, you see some of like the hallmarks of a Beverly Jenkins novel really taking hold, I think, um, through this book as well. So does that answer your question? No,
0: no. I mean, we're just having a discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." (laughs) But I do have to say, like, my deep, dark secret when it comes to Beverly Jenkins is Mm -hmm. for the podcast we had read, um, Forbidden first, and then The Ballad of Jesse Rose, um, Mm -hmm. of which Ian Vance appears. And I do have to say, I always understood her to obviously be a talented writer. (coughs) But those books tended to be books that were kind of like about nice people in a small town kind of being Mm -hmm. nice i don't know which is not like my flavor and like other it is for other people and that's what they enjoy so and i always knew i'm like i'm not reading the right beverly jenkins because Mm -hmm. i do believe i obviously like believed in her talent and everything not that she needed me yeah but book where it's like an adventure and a bodyguard romance mm-hmm. and they're on the run and they're on every train possible. Like I was like into it
1: so yeah.
0: hard from the beginning in that I also did that thing of, I needed to read it by the time we chatted, obviously. So I didn't right. have it yeah, yeah, Yeah. But I also like didn't want it to end. So it was this weird thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll read chapters and then marinate on it. You know what I mean? Because I didn't yeah. want to blow it fast because I fell in love with Maggie. I think she's one of the best heroines I've ever read and not talked yeah. about in that kind of pantheon of like amazing heroines.
1: Right. Um, and of course
0: fall in love with Ian as well. Cause he's mm-hmm. I mean, like, talk about quintessential romance hero. He's yeah. like good, but not too good. Like he has an edge. He will kill somebody. He will torture somebody.
1: He did torture
0: somebody, (laughs) but for the right reasons, I think. Um, And yeah, I I just, I really, really loved and connected to this book. And it, like you said, it is an old school romance Mm -hmm. where I feel like the trend right now for a lot of even historical romances are these kind of like smaller and quieter things, or there's just kind Mm -hmm. of like one big set piece. And what I love about these historicals in this book in particular is like, there's so many set pieces. So many things are happening. Like it's hard to keep track, like constant motion. Um, Mm -hmm. That I really loved. It was so fantastic. So
1: thank you for bringing it to me. You're so welcome. Yeah. I, let's talk about Maggie though, because I think we've talked a lot about Ian. I mean, he is on the cover. So we started with him. (laughs) Um... But yeah, she's really cool because she's not, I think like a typical like wild west woman you know she isn't kind of the damsel in distress but she also isn't like the woman I mean she knows how to take care of herself but she's not like I was thinking of I recently was on another I basically I'm just trying to convince podcasts to let me come on and talk about Beverly Jenkins books because I was (laughs) on um, the torn bodice book report a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I talked. We talked about Tempest, and in Tempest, Tempest, the the um, heroine's name is Reagan, and she and Maggie are very. They're similar in that, like, they are very sure of themselves. Um, They have things that have happened in their pasts, and you know, and they are kind of grappling with that. But they, they really do kind of know how to take. Like I said, they can take care of themselves, which I think I really appreciated because I easily she could have just been like this woman accidentally kills a guy but doesn't know how to do anything and i feel like a lot of different in, in the hands of a different author that's how it would have been she would have kind of just been this helpless like woman that he has to drag across the country whereas mm-hmm. here i mean maggie tries to escape what like three times i think over the course of this novel at one point with the first sheriff before she's with ian she gets like dragged behind a horse and like God, that was awful <laughs> it was so bad it was so terrible um but like there's at one point they're they're in the train i think this is like right after she gets handed over to ian and they're on the train he has her handcuffed to him so she can't try to escape she's covered in dirt like she's all scratched up she's bloody and bruised she smells terrible because she hasn't, like, bathed in a week or something. Mm-hmm. Her hair is a mess. Like, and she knows what she looks like. But a woman is kind of staring at her on the train, like, doesn't know what else to do. And Maggie, like, snarls at her. <laughs> <in> <laughs> and then the woman, like, faints. And Maggie's, like, very pleased with herself. <laughs> and I was like, yes, girl, you are You are my kind of woman. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah exactly maggie is yeah she she never loses well the the trying to escape like you said it's at least three times but you feel that she's always looking for the door and Mm -hmm. she's not she she walks that line of not being helpless but allowing him to help her Mm -hmm. where she's not just kind of like pig-headedly independent but she's kind of like well my parents died when I was 12 so and I've had to be on my own and work for people and figure things Mm -hmm. out and so I have been able to do that but like also when Ian uh offers to buy her all new clothes she allows it to happen she's like Mm -hmm. yeah this is great I want all new clothes in a way that I sometimes things heroines are like no I couldn't possibly spend your money and I'm
1: like ah spend his money (laughs) right (laughs) yeah he's got the money um yeah i i loved their relationship even before they're romantically interested in each other like i think ian does give her like kind of a baseline of respect so like when Mm -hmm. he does even though he handcuffs them together so she can't escape she assumed that she would like be in the back of the train, like in the cattle cart, like with the horses and the cat and the like livestock that people were transporting. And he's like, "Well, no, like you're staying up here with me because and and, mm-hmm. and it's like it somehow it is conveyed much more eloquently than how I'm explaining it, but it is conveyed that he's like, no, you are a person. You can sit in a seat that is paid for. Like you're fine. Like come sit here, even though she is like uh, like I said, covered in in like dirt and bloody and bruised and Mm -hmm. she's snarling at people (laughs) she he still is kind of like no you're a human being like you can be up here and and i think that that really that's how it sets the tone i think between them is that he is going to treat her with respect and even though she does try to escape again she she also i think respects him kind of from the start because he talks to her like she's a regular person which i think is really important
0: Right, and even when she is escaping him, it's never him she's escaping. But she knows kind of what's at the mm-hmm. end of the journey, which she yeah. feels accurately. Like I, I don't think that her fear is also like unwarranted. Where she's like, "Well, I'm a woman of color. I did <laughs> kill this guy. Like, it, granted, <laughs> I didn't mean to, but mm-hmm. he was basically like this man tries to assault her. She hits him with a rolling." Ball pin right mm-hmm. and then he falls and hits his head on a counter and dies yeah which like no big loss i think there but like also she didn't no. kill him <laughs> yeah um <laughs> but i <laughs> so she's you know um i agree where there is that kind of like spark at the beginning that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily romantic but also what I love about them falling in love and kind of Ian falling in love with her is like, he just gets kind of like a kick out of her from the beginning. Like yeah. he just respects her. And it's just like, this woman is crazy and she's fantastic. And like, she has mm-hmm. the spirit and he appreciates her for trying to run maybe because he was an outlaw and now he's a yeah. law man. But
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I love to the, okay. I, one of my favorite like dichotomies between them is every stop they make on this like train road trip one of them sees someone they know but Mm -hmm. the reaction is totally different like so when ian like walks into a room everyone's like oh that's that's preacher like oh there there he goes there's the famous bounty hunter like everyone's obsessed with him he's so great and he kind of is just like yeah i am that's me that's cool (laughs) um But whenever, but when she sees someone, usually someone who she worked for in some way, it's always like, well, yeah, like this woman, like I worked at a school and this, I, this girl, one of the the students, yeah, yeah, one of the students like said that I did something when really the student had done it. So they literally like lined up all the students and every student got to hit Maggie, like wherever they wanted And so she's like, I'm not staying here. So she runs, but before she runs, she pours all of the bedpans, like all over the beds in the school, which I was like, that's amazing. But she sees, yeah, she sees her employer and, you know, like, and, and every one of those like bad employers like gets their comeuppance, which I think is amazing. Like if there is a truly terrible person, Beverly Jenkins will not shy away from one, them getting their comeuppance and being humiliated. But in some cases people die and yeah. it's like, that's just, and, and that's what happens because they're bad people.
0: <laughs> which I also love. I don't <laughs> like the kind of trope of like, I'm like, yeah, if somebody sucks in a romance novel, like kill them. Like, let's get... Yeah. This is revenge fantasy. Like, sometimes people <laughs> need to die. I don't remember what happened to the nun, though. Like, what did she do to the nun?
1: I'm well, trying, I am going the bedpan thing. Yeah, wait. I know I wrote it down. So just give me a second. You can obviously delete all of this of me, like, paging through notes. But I know I wrote this down where she meets her. Hang on.
0: She's the I'm first one that he comes them. Yeah, she
1: is. And I don't know... You may just have but you're right this, because and, and think, whenever yeah. anybody
0: sees maggie they're like this bitch like yeah and are immediately angry with her and i like that ian always kind of is like all right well why what did you do this time and every time she tells him he's like i get it i would have done the same thing
1: <laughs> yeah she <laughs> so in she, that way they're soulmates yeah she kind of knows she knows the way to get to people because later there's a man a truly terrible dude who she worked for and like was in kind of like a singing group that he took across like across the country kind of and like the way she got back at him was absolutely amazing like she figured so she like gives her virginity to this guy and but come to find out he's like sleeping with the other girls in the group but also has like women in every city that he goes to so she puts hot sauce like in his condoms (laughs) and like (laughs) he's humiliated and eventually like he kind of he like announces to the train car at one point that like she's actually a prostitute and he's had his way with her and blah, blah blah and she's like no dude like you took advantage of me and also i know what's going on with like your manhood because i put hot sauce in your condoms like and she tells everyone you know and he's absolutely committed. and then ian like literally throws him off of a moving train (laughs) so like he's He's gotten rid of (laughs) he certainly (laughs) dies because i was was
0: like you're not surviving this this is crazy well that was great i mean that was awful for her but i think it also showed kind of you know she thought that this man and her were actually in a relationship Mm -hmm. and the way that he got her to kind of you know act as a sex worker for one night was basically by like pleading to her kind of like goodness and we need this money and it'll only be this mm-hmm. one time which is I think like what happens a lot of times with yeah coercive sex work and so um I thought that was like both true to probably what Maggie's experience would have been but also the way yeah. that it was treated in the book where Ian was just like I believe that this happened and I also believe that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that it happened and it's kind of never brought up again. It's not something that she necessarily struggles with. It is definitely something she's embarrassed of, Mm
1: -hmm. which I think is
0: fine. Um, But it's not this big weight that like Ian has to overcome in order to fall in love with her or anything like that. He's like, he's over it once that door shuts and that man is tumbling, you know, to his death, (laughs) which also like I'm fine with too. Um. Yeah, but you're right. the The differences of of them meeting because, also everybody loves Ian everywhere he
1: goes. Too. Oh my gosh! Everywhere he is like a saint among men. Apparently, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he always knows. He every time he comes to town, he's always like. I know a little spot. I don't know if it's still yeah. around though. And then it always is. And there's always just like a very nice woman who feels very like right. motherly towards him, maternal, and, who's going to take him in and take care of him. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I like he's cultivated all these women all and, over the country.
1: Yeah. And all of them like pull Maggie aside and are like, he's in love with you. <laughs> and Maggie, one time, you know, the first time Maggie's like, what are you talking about? No, he's not. And then the second time she's just like, Oh, maybe he is. Yeah, okay. And, you know, and then that's kind of when, because they, they eventually do have a physical relationship. They kind of, they actually have, I'm sure, we'll talk about this in tropes, but they do do that wonderful thing where they say, okay, let's have this one night together mm-hmm. because the next day they're finally going to reach the destination so he can kind of hand her over um, to this uh, the other authorities that he needs to drop her off to. And so they do have their one night and and it's great it's wonderful (laughs) and they yeah and i think that's like kind of where things turn where they're just like oh maybe we don't want this handover to happen even though it it does end up happening but it's very Uh their their separation is very brief uh yeah so it was cool
0: i think their first time coming together is interesting to talk about because Mm -hmm. they're staying in uh brothel basically. Right. And the madam gives her like this sheer short pen pen you are Yeah. <laughs> to wear. And he has gone to I to avenge something or somebody. He oh, he has murdered somebody who had murdered is whose brother murdered a woman, a man in front of his family. So he had to murder yeah. him. This is all said obviously more eloquently in the book. And you're like, got it. <laughs> he confronts him in the saloon and he nearly yeah. shoots him in front of his sons. And he's like, all right, I'll help you like bury your father. And the sons are like, right. okay, yeah, that was weird. He shouldn't have come here. <laughs> and he comes home and he's really like broken up about it because you yeah. know, he has a soul. And she offers him kind of like that physical comfort mm-hmm. as well. It's obviously something she wants as well. It's it's an experience that she wants to have. But something that I thought was interesting about it is like any time that she had had sex previously, it it was, I mean, it seemed like there was no foreplay. It did not seem good for her. A couple of times it was coerced. And I found it that them coming together... (laughs) <laughs> Pun intended. but intended. very interesting as far as like where both of the them were emotionally and kind of like what their each of their expectations was out of the
1: act, you know? Yeah. I think like she she wanted to care for him. And I think mm-hmm. she recognized that, you know, it was something they both had kind of been avoiding talking about, I think. Like they they had been having one thing I really loved too is, you know, their they're handcuffed together a lot of the time, especially when they're, like, not on the train. They are handcuffed together mm-hmm. because he doesn't want her to run because he wants to, like, get his task done. Um, but then they're, like, in bed. They have to share a bed. There's no choice because she cannot. Right. She's got to be next to him because they're handcuffed. And they, they really... Well, also because the I- first time they spent the night, <laughs> she ran. Yeah.
0: So he right. just doesn't exactly. trust her. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, all, but I was going to say... Um, they find they like just start talking to each other and they like kind of find out like he finds out about like her parents who seemed amazing and Mm -hmm. really cool and you know she really wants to finish going to school she wants to become a teacher and he kind of tells her about his dead wife with you know and and he starts to notice how different they are and it's for both of them like she's like she's letting her guard down because she has spent so she's had to have guards up around her literally to survive And here's a person who's capable of taking care of her, but also, like, recognizes that she can also take care of herself, which I thought was really interesting. And then with Ian, he is letting his guard down because he thinks after his first wife, he's never going to love anyone again. But here's this woman who is completely different than his first wife. And he's coming to care for her in a way that he just didn't think was possible again. So I think, and then when we finally got to that very first love scene between them, it really is like a love scene. Like, I think it's their way of saying like, Oh, I, maybe not love quite yet, but they they really do care and respect and like want the best for each other. So that's why they express it that way.
0: Yeah. I, I thought it was really beautiful mm-hmm. and we can, Tilda who is his first wife is such an interesting character too. Yeah. And I wonder what it was that made him what wh- why she was the way she was. So she was a woman yeah. who was not interested in having children. She was somebody who was very proper. She didn't want to share a mm-hmm. bedroom with him and, and and didn't really enjoy having sex very much. Right. Um <laughs> Which, I mean, we both have seen this cover, and so it's, that seems like the craziest fiction of the whole book. But, um, yeah, I, I think books with widows or widowers are always interesting because of the, the framing of the first yeah. partner, the first spouse.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, do you think it's kind of like that was what was expected? Like, she was probably back then considered like an ideal, proper wife even though and Mm -hmm. maybe it was like his way because i think you know in this book he's he's going home so he can kind of put everything you know he's done being a bounty hunter he's left his outlaw ways he's not going back to scotland like his grandfather at the very beginning of the book like makes it clear like if you come back here like there's really nothing for you your mother has passed away Mm -hmm. so i think it was kind of maybe marrying tilda was like his way of Like starting that transition to be like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have a wife, I'm gonna have my ranch, I'm gonna have my horses, and that's gonna be what I do. And then, but then he, I mean, I should say she, he doesn't, it's not like in, you know how in some romance novels where there's like a dead spouse, and you're just like, it's like, oh, I... I never really loved them like the way I love this new person. You know, it's right. it, this is the, the new person is. But I think he's, he's always, even at the end, I think he maintains that, no, like he really did genuinely like care for and love Tilda. She is just a different person than Maggie. Um, mm-hmm. And so I want, yeah, like when I was reading it, I think I was like, oh, Tilda was just like that ideal. Like that's how a wife in quotes should have been. And then, but here's this woman who is the total opposite to her, and he st- and he loves her too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I I thought it was handled well.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's a good point too. And also, you know, if you think about it, he never had great modeling for Mm -hmm. a relationship because his father like he never it seems he never met his father because it seems like Mm -hmm. his father was a naval guy who docked docked his mom and then kind (laughs) of bounced and maybe didn't even know that he had a child um and then his mother was in a kind of like a mistress arrangement for a while with a guy who seemed like pretty decent um you know, so I understand how you would swing so far the other way. Yeah. Like, I want this person who's like very proper and mm-hmm. this is what it's supposed to be like. And yeah. Yeah. Having not been introduced yet to Aggie. But <laughs> I you're right. I like that she's some not somebody that he's like, actually I never loved her.
1: Cause that always right. feels so Weed. It feels real, real gross, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, I so I always respect her for who she was because she did die exactly. for him, which is tough.
1: I know. Oh,
0: <laughs> poor Tilda, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, something that Bev always puts in her books that I love is she, um, or Miss Bev, she always. adds like a historical element in a way that feels very natural. And I think that part of Mm -hmm. that has to come from her characters and in probably an unfair way, having to justify why her characters are um, people of color, which is... Right. Um, The historical part is interesting. Uh, We also learn about like the Chinese Exclusion Act um, Mm -hmm. through um one of Vance's friends um yeah. and other just and kind of like historical
1: yeah 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 I think that's really cool. Um I agree. I think Miss Bev incorporates history just like seamlessly and sometimes not so much in this one but in other uh, in other books by her there'll be like a paragraph or two where it's just like explaining like the context of something. And I think that's so great. It's so interesting. And like, I tell people all the time, cause I know some people don't read author's notes or they don't read like acknowledgements and stuff, but mm-hmm. never skip an author's note by Beverly Jenkins, because there is always like a just a trove of information about what was going on during the time of this. And then, but in this one, there's a really sweet story about why Maggie is named Maggie. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like she's based off of, or kind of inspired by a woman who she met at a signing. Like, it's just, it's really great. So yeah, never skip the author's note in a a Beverly Jenkins novel. Um, I know. Can you
0: imagine Maggie, like... (laughs) You go to have your author sign a book and she's like, actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write <laughs> one yeah. of the greatest heroines and she'll be basically based on you because Maggie yeah. is her mother was Ka and her father was black. And that's yeah. this Maggie that showed up at the signing as well. And I just find that so funny. I mean, amazing I and amazing for yeah. her. And I like I, you would explode basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah, no, that's yeah. really cool. Um, I Yeah, I loved that. I love author's notes like I love and the acknowledgements and dedications mm-hmm. like because also they're as someone who's had to do this two times now um, and now like when I do write something that I think is like has potential to be published, I like start them in my drafting process because <laughs> they're really hard to write. And to like kind yeah. of be poignant, you want to be poignant or you want to be funny or you want to be clever or whatever. But you also like, I also like, I know I'd forget someone or I'll forget like a point that I looked like something interesting I looked up. So yeah, I I really love that. Just in general, I think they're so fun. So don't skip them, everyone. Read them. We put them there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For a reason. I always do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um- um- something interesting about this book too. So, so basically they get to a point where um, they, they realize somehow that Maggie basically isn't going to be like, they're going to mm-hmm. drop the charges, but they just need kind of confirmation of the charges right. being dropped. And they have to continuously go to different towns because for some reason or another, the telegraph office is just,
1: <laughs> yeah, that was great. Don't
0: work. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's a, oh, the moment on the train. So, oh, no, wait. He drops her off at the with the one sheriff and they are yeah. saying their goodbyes. And I'm like, why are you two idiots pretending <laughs> that you don't love each other at this stage? But <laughs> obviously it made me mad, but you're supposed to be mad at that stage. Yeah. yeah. And um, it turns out he's a bad guy. Right. Because Maggie somehow only meets bad guys and Ian fans. <laughs> um yeah. and brings her basically to this saloon where she's going to have to sing and every, all of the mm-hmm. women are basically um, captives there being held.
1: Yeah. He's so the, the man um, where's his name? I have it. Oh, down. Sheriff of Granger. Yes. Granger. So he is a sheriff, but basically when a, a woman is convicted for something and is brought to his jail, instead of keeping them in the jail and putting them on trial or whatever, He basically is a pimp he takes them to a brothel and is like you are gonna like work out your sentence here and so there are all of these women who have it seems like kind of minor offenses but they are forced to sell themselves or work like work the stage or work in the bar or whatever you know serve drinks or whatever um yeah and so ian like he ian's like on the train it's like basically on the train to leave and someone who saw them before is like, oh, where is that woman you were with? And, you know, he kind of explains, like, oh, I believe we the sheriff, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, oh, not with Granger. He's terrible. And this is what he does. And so Ian gets off and goes back and is like and rides literally into the saloon on his horse, which I thought that was great visual. Perfect. Absolutely stunning. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Doesn't recognize Maggie because she's wearing a red dress. Oh, yeah. But um. <laughs> Yeah. And then basically takes all of the women out of there, yeah. brings them to the depot to and gives them all money to go wherever they want to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they all end up on a train together and they all end up in like what seems like the bar car or whatever, the smoking car. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's just kind of like partying. <laughs> and there's this like young lawyer who's coming out West for some reason. And he's like really into Maggie. Yeah, and Vance is not loving it, and I'm such a sucker for scenes like this. Like, oh yeah, when the starchy hero pretends he doesn't love the heroine, and so someone else starts moving in, and that he's like, no, mm-hmm. actually, yeah, he, he he's he's bad news, and I'm like, he he does seem like a nice enough guy.
1: He's oh, he's a doctor, <laughs> maybe. He's some yes, he's a doctor. Yeah, and he yeah. he is clearly there just to make Ian jealous, and I. I'm here for, I live for that scene. Like, it's just, it's perfect. And he is, and he gets so, Ian gets so worked up. So the guys finally, like, they, I think they, da- they're dancing. Ian and Maggie end up dancing after dinner. And the doctor is kind of like, oh, okay, like, these two are clearly Something's going on. And he right. gets, like, so worked up. They have to go out the back of the train car and, <laughs> between two train cars like have sex and and in, in the outdoors, the great outdoors and it's it's great. they have a great time. <laughs> oh, it's phenomenal because also whatever <laughs> characters have
0: sex outside, I'm always like, guys like anybody can walk out you aren't far from everybody like this is crazy. <laughs> and she's also like her pants are fully down and then she yeah. also like after he finishes he goes to get a cloth and she just stands there. she's like, I don't know, it's kind of sexy to stand
1: here like this like half naked. <laughs> Like, yeah she's like she'd never done anything like i think it's somewhere she's like i've yeah. never done anything like this before it's like yeah i think you and most people um- yeah, you and everyone else <laughs> oh my god it's yeah. amazing
0: it's so hilarious and um but that's kind of the scene where i think they realize like okay like this is happening that's when they end up going to jade's and he asks her to marry him that first yeah. night as they're well, having he sex. kind
1: of he actually, he does ask her, like, he's like, you don't have to go. Cause she decides, okay, I can't go back to Kansas. That's mm-hmm. the stipulation. Like the charges are thrown out, but you can't come back to Kansas because the sheriff's like, I have no control over these people here. If you come back, they're going to kill you. So don't come back yeah. to Kansas. So she's like, okay, I'm going to go back East to Oberlin college and like go to the same school my dad went to. Cause it was one of the first colleges that let black people go there and her dad had graduated from there and so that's what she decides to do and he's fine Ian's kind of like well you could just like come back to Wyoming and you don't have to live with me or anything but you can like stay with this woman who I know because of course he knows a woman who owns a boarding house because that's everyone he knows in his life and he it's either a madam or owns a boarding house yeah. yeah and so she's kind of like okay so oh because he also tells her he's like yeah there's a school like you could just teach at the school like there is no school and he knows this because the, the town see, is so small and there's yeah. not kids in this town <laughs> and so so she's like okay yeah sounds good and then literally then literally a day later he's like actually we should get married and and they do spoiler alert yeah. spoiler alert but she they do so yeah <laughs> this book was interesting too because
0: 75% of the book is them basically on this like wild chase of like always trying to get somewhere or get out of somewhere and Mm -hmm. then at 75% we end up in Wyoming and it switches to a pretty like pastoral novel and I read the whole thing kind of on the edge of my seat because I'm like when's the other shoe going to drop like we have so much left and everything seems right? Like, yeah. I thought that this her, the school not actually existing was going to be a bigger thing. She fully mm-hmm. could care less. One right. of his neighbors is like, you can just use my front parlor. She's like, okay, cool. Fantastic. Let's go. <laughs> and does it. Yeah. Um, I I found that, I don't know, that, that was the only part that I found a little strange, mm-hmm. like how I there agree. was so little conflict that last 25%. And not that yeah. I don't didn't like just seeing them in love and setting up house, but I don't know, maybe as an author, like you could speak to like why you think that that kind of switch happened.
1: You know what? I had the same reaction because I don't know, maybe I'm too like, I think in like the modern romance novel, it's like when you get to 75, 80% and if they're still together, you're kind of waiting for something to break them up for, a chapter or whatever um and I on the one hand I actually really liked that they there really isn't a third act breakup there isn't like they kind of are like we're married we're in it like let's go like you know when are we having kids basically it's a western but I was wondering but I'm not so I'm not well versed in western romances or even really like just the general Western, like I didn't watch like a ton of like old West movies or anything like, you know, when I was homesick or whatever. Um, so I wonder if that is like a thing that happens where it's like kind of the big overarching conflict gets resolved. And then it's like, it's almost like the epilogue, kind of what an epilogue does. It's like, Oh, here we're proving these people should stay or will stay together. And they are going to, mm-hmm. you know, like I think of the epilogues that I wrote and this isn't, Like, their romances, you know they end up together. But in my my first epilogue, I had the, you know, they proposed, they got engaged in that epilogue. And the second one, they decide to move in together. So it's kind of like showing the future is going to happen in some way. But this, I felt like the end of this book, I guess, just proved that they could, like, live together and survive the Wild West. They could survive Mm -hmm. the wilds of Wyoming. Um, So that's kind of how I took it. But I did find it really interesting because it was almost a whole entire other story, a different story that happens the last 25%. So it was really, it was really interesting. Um, And it was, it was definitely a little bit jarring. It was kind of like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're going, this is new. This is different. Okay. Um, But I, I I still enjoyed it because it was very, it was very quick and very dramatic. (laughs) There was
0: still a lot that happened. Like this woman that Mm -hmm. had a huge crush on Ian, Henny, like throws Mm -hmm. them a party, but the party goes well and- Right. You know, Maggie is told at a certain stage, oh, there's all these women that are going to hate you because all these women yeah. have like wanted to get with Ian. And so she does meet I mean, she meets basically Henny and like one other woman, but mm-hmm. she's not phased by them, really. It seems no. at all. She really puts yeah. them in her place in a way that's like really fantastic. Right. Um. Yeah. And then you just see her kind of integrating herself into his life in Wyoming and Charlie, who is his like de facto father figure who lives on the property with them and Mm -hmm. takes care of the house. Um, And then at, like, the very end, she gets kidnapped, which I think that was the only thing that, like, needed resolution, was kind of, like, whoever had killed Tilda, like, you still felt that there was a threat out there. And so she gets kidnapped. um, But pretty quickly... When they stop, she um puts a pen like squibs in his yeah. eye and throat and then runs. <laughs> yeah. They find her because she's running down the road like gee, like this guy yeah. tried to kidnap me. And so yeah, that's like kind of the dramatic thing to happen at the end, but it's not it's not something that keeps them apart for very long. Right.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was definitely that that it was it was i keep saying it was interesting it was just it was a choice yeah. <laughs> to take the story in that direction and but it does it kind of does in a very roundabout way it really does like tie up all the loose threads it's very it's complicated to explain like how all of these people are actually connected like all the bad people are kind of all connected mm-hmm. and lead to this conclusion where a man is basically told like we're tying you to this tree and we're leaving you here. And if you make it through the end of the night, because, the you know, the bears will smell the blood that's coming out of you from this quill pen that, you know, my wife just stuck in your throat. Um, if they don't eat you, we'll come back and we'll finish the job tomorrow. <laughs> so, it's so, like, diabolical. It's such it, a crazy really thing is. to
0: have a hero do towards the
1: end. But I'm yeah. like,
0: yeah, he did try to kill your wife. So have right. at it do what you gotta do. You mentioned at the beginning that kind of like Westerns weren't necessarily your thing. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to like, is it just something you never have like connected with? Was there a reason? Do you feel differently after reading the book?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I I just never thought it was like my thing. I think well, Mm -hmm. I was saying like, I never really watched like John Wayne movies or any of like those old movies. And I think it's cause I just remember like my dad or like my, you know, like uncles or whatever they, if one was on, like that was what was on TV. And I was like, this black and white movie is so boring. Everyone's you know, they're all just like riding horses, like what's happening, you know? And so I, maybe that's why I, I avoided them. But now that I've been, especially Beverly Jenkins, I think, Maybe I need to give like Western romance a chance. Cause I and I've read a couple of like liberal liberal Spencer's historicals. And both the two that I've read have been um histor or have been Westerns as well. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I do like Westerns. I just need to actually read them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, something that I like that um Beverly Jenkins does is I think the Western was much more like Diverse, and it was this mm-hmm. literal frontier where people had a lot more freedom. People who didn't yes. necessarily have freedom, um, you know, on the east coast or wherever mm-hmm. there was like the major cities at the time. And there is a lot of, especially like those old John Wayne Western stuff, there's so much like whitewashing, and it's white yeah. people and uh Native Americans, and that's kind of right. It. And that was never the case. Um, they're making a show about Boss Tweed with uh, David Oyelowo, which I'm excited. Oh, yeah. About.
1: That was um, great. His name is
0: doing Sheridan is doing it. So I think that would oh, be nice. exciting. Yeah. Um, and then the newest Magnificent Seven and stuff, it does seem like there's mm-hmm. more of a conscious effort of like how the West actually was because the Lone Ranger was probably Black, like the person that he was Right. Um, yeah. based on and things like that. So and also the the role that women played out there where a lot of times it was these these sex workers who were the only women in a town and they had mm-hmm. children and then the children needed to go to school. And then the children right. needed you needed to set up a life around that. Um, totally. And it's how these towns came to be. And I think it's it's interesting. And I think that these are the only books that I've read. I mean, not to paint too broad of a brush and I haven't read every Western. So that I could have missed something is always a strong possibility. Um, But a lot of times you don't see this kind of out there Mm -hmm. because even you see, you know, there's talking about how Wyoming women had the vote from statehood and there was a Mm -hmm. female mayor, which also would have been kind of historically accurate. So, um, yeah, it's something that I really appreciate about, about her novels for sure. Definitely. I love it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) good stuff listen she knows what she's doing she knows what's up
1: um should we do did you happen to make a list of tropes i did i did you know i'm a am a long time listener i tried i tried (laughs) to come prepared because i was like oh because even i even this morning i was like oh i'm gonna have to say what it's about and i don't know how to explain this (laughs) and then i fumbled through that that summary so um but this I'm ready for <laughs>
0: okay good no oh well it's so funny because whenever I would ask Clayton that he always started re- very specific with the meat cute yeah and then he'd like be running out of time and I'm like you, I'm like say it broader say it broader and he just like never could <laughs> not to critique him he's not here to defend himself but I think he I said that to him enough times that he knows yeah
1: <laughs> um all right let's hear your list. okay I've got Western slash historical mm-hmm. romance. Um, kind of enemies to lovers. Like they technically, I think they're like literally the first like chapter, they're enemies to lovers. Um, like adversaries to lovers. Adversaries. That's a better word. Yes. Adversaries mm-hmm. to lovers. Yep. Road trip, just one bed, on the run, dead wife <laughs> or <laughs> widower. What, widower would be nicer. Widower hero yeah. would be a nicer way to put that. Um, former bad boy since he was an outlaw. Mm-hmm. He falls first. He's definitely like kind of all in before she, she's basically there, but won't admit it. And then Mm -hmm. just one night to get it out of our systems.
0: Just one night is such a great, it never is just one night, but I just like, I know, love it. And like a bodyguard romance. Like I do Mm -hmm. love him saving her, even though, I mean, he does. A few times he saves her, a few times she saves herself, a few times she runs. Yeah. yeah heroin on the run escaping bodyguard romance yeah i think those are all there great awesome
1: any last thoughts about nighthawk by beverly jenkins i don't think so i think I think we covered it. I hope. I hope we covered it.
0: <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more. We haven't talked about the Julys. There's so many like couples that are brought up that I'm like, do they have a book? Do they have a book? Will they have a
1: book? Some like, of them the, sheriff and the mayor. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think some of them do. I will say too. I mentioned earlier that I recently reread Tempest for another podcast, and I think mm-hmm. Tem- Tempest is also set like in a small Wyoming kind of frontier town, and I think it's a pretty good companion to Nighthawk. They're, they're different and they're separate stories, but I think it would be a good companion piece.
0: Yeah. Cause this is not like a necessarily sequel, but preacher mm-hmm. has appeared in at least two other books, but it's all right. kind of like everything exists in the same universe more than yeah. Like specific... everything. Did
1: you know, I've, I've seen, I've, I've had the privilege of like hearing Beverly Jenkins speak more than once. And she so her historical novels are all the ancestors of her like contemporary novels so she writes also romantic suspense and like what we would call women like women's fiction kind of more so than romance but they are all like they're all the same like people they're all from the same like families which i was just like that's amazing why why isn't this a show like why why you could have like set in the past and then like foiled with what's going on in the present like my no one can see me my arms are huge because I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> I really get the idea of this becoming something in reality
0: I know like how much fun would this have been as like you, like oh, yeah I don't know why yeah. people don't give me millions of dollars for the great ideas I have Seriously. but it's like if this was a mini series that then led into that little Wyoming town being an ongoing series yeah yeah. yeah, we're in. There's so many different little. Come on! Oh my god, it's so it, great. People. like you bring <laughs> me all this awful stuff, uh, like all this whatever. I always get a soapbox because I'm like, if we have so many effing, and no offense, but to Marvel and fucking oh my gosh, Star yeah. Wars, I'm like, I can't have like we can't have half that budget for Beverly Jenkins universe. Like, please. <laughs> Although I guess Forbidden has been optioned by Sony so right
1: but that was yes. like years ago that was a long time ago why hasn't this been made I know
0: call yeah me, I have ideas I mean, I'm not the person to actually work on it but I would love to
1: be around seriously yeah <laughs> executive love- producer yeah <laughs> oh I mean listen that's more than
0: I was thinking like PA <laughs> but yeah executive <laughs> producer would be great
1: yeah just overseer showrunner there you go
0: yeah yeah um <laughs> But yeah, it's such a it's such a complex universe. And I, whenever authors also do that, that like Sarah McLean does that too, I'm mm-hmm. always like, how? And she's like, it's easier because you already have people. You don't have to come up with like a new person who runs a dress shop. And I'm like, I guess yeah. so.
1: But how um, do they not yeah. like
0: knock into each other or something?
1: I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, anyway, if you haven't read this book, it's fantastic. And you should yeah, read it's it. a
1: lot of fun. It's it's super mm-hmm.
0: fun. Yep. And you'll plow through it. I would also say this is like a stump buster for me
1: because I was in like a tiny stump. Mm -hmm. And this
0: really, I was like, oh, my God, I love romance novels.
1: (laughs) Right. It does. I mean, that's how I thought I I finished this. And I was like, well, now I need another one. And thankfully, she Mm -hmm. has a very extensive backlist. And I haven't seen when like what the next her next one is, but hopefully she'll make I I should I need to like check cuz I know I'm signed up for whatever alerts or whatever and so yeah. Hopefully she has a new one
0: soon. Oh yeah. Hopefully she has many new. You said many the midpoint career. I was like no, no midpoint. Let's keep, I know, let's right? Keep
1: it going. Ongoing
0: forever. forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so what has
1: you swooning Okay. This week, um, this month. I'm cheating because I have like kind of a collective it's like it's more than one thing
0: but they all go together
1: I am swooning over like gentle tv like you know (laughs) after watching shows that I love like succession and euphoria but those shows are just they're so intense there are a lot of bad people or like Mm -hmm. very sad people just getting into trouble I am so excited because you know while we're recording the great british baking show has like just come back um Love i it. tore through virgin river and Heartstopper, and recently watched the fourth season of a show called sex education um these are all netflix shows which is interesting to think about but anyway they're just easy to watch like things happen like and things are dramatic like within the confines of the world that has been created, and I would even include Great British Baking Show because, I mean, people get very worked up over how long something is in the oven, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But it's still, (laughs) like, people are nice to each other. People are, like, happy to be around on, you know, shows like Heartstopper and Sex Education. Like, I was like, man, if teenagers are really like these teenagers on these shows, like, the world's going to be okay. And then, mm-hmm. and then Virgin River is just like, even though the the things are high stakes on that show, it's still like low stakes, <laughs> Like low stakes, high stakes. You know what I mean? Like, right. like everything's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, not a spoiler, I don't think, but how is Charmaine still pregnant on Virgin River?
0: <laughs> we stopped watching halfway <laughs> through last season because yeah. honestly, because we had certain opinions about one of the main characters. People yeah. did not agree with us, and they wrote us such mean emails that we were oh, like,
1: no.
0: "We're like, fine, we won't do it anymore." I don't know. We just didn't want to anymore. Yeah, kind of didn't yeah. want to. Um. So now I keep getting <laughs> emails from people like, "Hey, like, I think these act these episodes actually got deleted of you reviewing <laughs> the rest of Virgin River." I'm like, funny nope. story. People did not like our opinions.
1: <laughs> well, here you up. go. Yeah, update. our main we might still come back. Pregnant
0: how the timeline of virgin river is the most is the most shocking thing about virgin it's river It's wild. Yep. It's so it's like an entire <laughs> season will be 4 days and you're like, "What?" <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, that's wild. All right, what has and you tuning? Oh, go ahead. Oh wait, but I want to know how do you feel yes. about Allison on GBBO?
1: Great British Bake I like her. I think she's fine. I like her too. Um I mean it's only been what a couple of episodes at this point it's only been a couple of episodes even the second one's not even for the US it has it's not even up yet mm-hmm. and i think she's really fun i can't wait for her to, i think she needs to like loosen up a little um but like i i love her just in general as a host i think she's really funny and dynamic. like if you go if you search i think what's her last name is Hammond i think Allison Hammond um she there's this interview that she did with Harrison Ford and Ryan yes. Gosling that is so funny. Like that's what I want to see. Like I want that to start happening a little bit more, but for right now, like she's a pro she knows what she's doing. She basically what well, she hosts like kind of good morning America, but in the UK and she's, she's great. So I like it. Oh yeah. Because I did not
0: like the other guy.
1: No, Matt. no. Yep. I didn't no, think he no, was wasn't. a good
0: fit because you have Neil, right? Is that the guy? The no,
1: no, no, no.
0: Yeah. You have Noel who is kind of a little bit, I mean, he's kind to the contestants, but is yes. you know, has an edge to him. And I'm like, I need somebody who's like kind of pure sunshine and silliness the way that like yes. all the other hosts were. And like, that is Allison. Like she's yeah. so like bubbly and funny and up and positive mm-hmm. that I'm like, yeah, this, is, this is the yin and the yang that we need from the two yeah. hosts. Not like just two guys who are like, fairly similar. That's my like. <laughs> yes. I agree
1: wholeheartedly.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm sweating about a show as well that I think I would consider like a soft show. It's Starstruck. It's on <gasps> Max. I haven't watched it yet, but yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Formerly HBO, <laughs> formerly HBO Max, now Max. Now Max. <laughs> There's been a lot of <laughs> things, pieces about it. Um, so it's the fourth, it's the final season. I mm-hmm uh, it felt very final when I watched the last yeah. episode and um, it is it's interesting. It's interesting what she's doing kind of with romance and with like a pretty common romance trope, which is like a celebrity yeah. relationships. It, mm-hmm. And it's basically about this woman who starts dating this man who's like a Marvel actor who's like impossibly famous and. Um, and I and so yeah, I thought the season was really gorgeous, and I watched it in like two nights because the episodes are twenty two minutes, so you Amazing. plow through them so fast. Um, but she's just really lovely, the woman Rose Metafeo, who is mm-hmm. the star and writer of the of the show, and I find her incredibly talented and. Well, yeah, whatever she does next, I think it's going to be fantastic too. That is, that is like my
1: next, that is my next show to watch. So I'm so glad to hear, because I've heard some mixed things. It doesn't, here's the thing. Yeah. We don't get what we
0: want as romance fans, which (laughs) I do have questions about and is like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that old question where I'm like, I don't understand why somebody ending up alone is somehow more empowering than somebody ending up in a couple where it's a yes. positive relationship and right. you know obviously ending up in a couple for the sake of being a couple bad ending mm-hmm. up in a couple where it's a bad relationship i don't like that either but right the idea of of one inherently being better or more feminist than the other i find frustrating
1: yep preaching <laughs> to the choir <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but no, because yeah. I I feel the same way. Yeah, I I do, but I still I still want to watch I still want to watch it because I think she is such an interesting person just in general. But like she's and she's a former comedian. I think she still is a comedian, so she's very funny and like the some of the situations are just like laugh out loud, um, hilarious. I think, and she does like cringe humor really well, like kind of in a way that reminded me of Fleabag, but just not as Depressing. It's Fleabag kind of got, even though I loved Fleabag. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I I agree. I think this this if I had watched it before I came on here, it probably would have been on this list of like kind of gentle TV, is what I think I'm calling it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's really good. And also Miss Scarlet and the Duke, which oh, also,
1: which love. I don't know
0: if that is the last season, but they finally started leading more into the romance of it all. Yeah, and
1: I have to say, I was into it. I think they I think it's coming I think I think it is coming back for another at least one more season so hopefully right. but I think it's in like January I think if my if, if I remember like my masterpiece uh newsletter correctly <laughs> CBS is <laughs> not that newsletter. far off yes, yeah right. we'll be there soon yeah. Yeah, yeah I only just finished
0: and I, if they don't kiss this next season though I swear to God
1: I know but it's we mutiny, we have feelings beautiful. we have
0: longing we have looks
1: yeah yeah yeah, I will protest that they don't at least kiss. <laughs> I know by the end. Come on, just
0: let us have one British couple end up together. We didn't get the priest and flea bag. <laughs> like, for the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> I know you people are repressed, but just give us one.
1: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
0: um, anyway, how can people find you? How can people keep up to date with your yeah. books and you mm-hmm. and your thoughts?
1: Yeah. My website is daniellejacksonbooks.com. I have a monthly author newsletter. I always tell everyone it really isn't about author stuff. mostly about what TV I've been watching and what snacks I'm eating. Um, But if I do have something going on, I will put in the information like events and stuff. Um, Yeah. And then I'm mostly on Instagram at djacksonbooks, but I'm pretty much on all of the social media sites as at djacksonbooks. So you can find me wherever you please
0: fantastic well thanks again for coming you're welcome back anytime i had such a great time chatting with you um and to everybody out there happy reading